I talked about my son Ezra and his, um, his epilepsy and his struggles um, with all that. So just wanted to give a good report this morning. So uh, we got his VNS implant. Uh, we got that, I guess it was, um, it's an implant that goes in the wrap. So basically it's an implant that goes and that wraps around his VNS a nerve that uh, basically they call it the highway nerve that goes from all the way down to your stomach to your brainstem. And it controls all the feeling in your body, controls basically your whole nervous system. So um, the point of that was to, uh, that as that works, it sends electrical shocks up to your brain and kind of gets your brain pattern in a normal state. And the hope was is that we'd be able to uh, kind of wean him off of these stronger, more potent meds, and he'd be able to grow and, 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 um, and start to progress physically and mentally. Well, I uh, just wanted to give a huge praise this morning. So, um, so over the last few weeks, uh, the VNS implant has been working for him. Um, so he, he really hasn't had a lot of seizure activity in the last couple weeks. Because normally we would give him you know, these rescue meds like two or three times a day to stop these, uh, these seizures. Well, we've done that maybe two or three times in the last month. So it's been a huge blessing, and we've seen a lot of progression in him. So I just wanted to say thank you um, for those of you that have prayed for him or, or thought of him and have reached out to me. I really appreciate that, and I know my, uh, my family does too. So I just wanted to start there. Um, this morning. So, uh, but as we uh, kind of jump in this morning, the thing I wanted to talk about was abiding in Jesus. Um, so I know that um, it's something that we probably talk a lot about in Christian circles, but it's something that, that I think that we, we may have a tough time actually doing and actually walking in. And, um, and I've been reading in the book of 1 John um, this whole month of October. And, and I've done this before, so I got this from John MacArthur um, with the Bible reading plan, is, is he would take a book of the Bible, and uh, so started with 1 John, and he would take it and read it every single day, uh, chapters 1 through 5, read it every day for a month. And, I, and he found that as he read uh, that book, I mean, every day, you know, 30, 45 minutes a day, it began to really kind of ingrain in his mind and in his heart. And so I was like, and that's what I want to do. So I took that um, this month and been really studying and reading First John every day. And it's been so good, you know, just to meditate on it, not just to read a verse and then move on and go to the next uh, chapter or next book the next day, but to really take some time and to meditate. And as I've been doing that, man, abiding in Jesus is, is so clear in, in the book of First John. And, um, and it, it's so easy to simply wake up each day and to kind of float through life uh, without, um, man, without really having our gaze and our mind affixed on Jesus. And it's so easy to kind of go back and forth each day. But when we choose to abide in Jesus, um, the Holy Spirit truly does change our perspective on life, right? As we truly uh, seek to know Him, um, are those monotonous things that we do every day, whether it be going to work or taking care of kids or, um, 
you know, whatever it might be, those monotonous things become, become different. They become opportunities to, to abide in Jesus. They become opportunities to, to shine a light um, in all that we're doing. So, um, so before we do that, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about what abiding in Jesus and what that looks like and what that even means. So, so what does it mean to abide in Jesus? And how do we know that we're doing it? Um, so abiding in Jesus, the way that Charles Spurgeon explains this is he explains it it's as initiation into Christ that turns into imitation of Christ. So initiation being salvation, right? That we can't, we can't have this, this thought of I want to abide in Jesus, I want to be like Jesus, and walk the way that he walked unless we've been redeemed. Like unless we have been changed by the Spirit, unless we've been changed by salvation, uh, man, we can't, we can't do much, right? You know, we can't do much. But it's when we have been initiated and when we've been saved through the gospel, it's then that we can say, okay, well, I want to walk in imitation of Jesus. And if we're not careful when we think of abiding in Jesus, we start with this, this imitation. And that can just kind of turn into, I can kind of deceive ourselves, right? I mean, because that can kind of turn into this, this thought of like behavioral modification, you know? Like it can change into um, just wanting to do the right thing instead of, of truly abiding in Jesus. Um, and a definition that I found of abiding in Jesus um, is to continue without fading or being lost. And I know a lot of us in this room this morning, um, <clears throat> and I know for me especially, you know, thinking of what's happened with my son in the last you know, couple years, it's really easy to fade. It's really easy to, um, to lose focus, and it, it's really easy to... Um, yeah, just to lose sight of who God is and what he's doing. But the hope is, is that as we abide in Jesus or as we continue without fading or being lost, man, that's when we thrive and that's when uh, we make much of Jesus. Um, so we live in a world of, of burnout and confusion and identity crisis. So we combat that by choosing to abide in Jesus because it's definitely a choice. It doesn't just happen like overnight. Uh, we choose to get up in the morning to read the word. Uh, we choose to, to not find our identity in what, uh, what the world would define as success. But we choose to say, and Jesus, this morning, as I wake up, I'm going to spend time in your word to get my mind right, to get my heart right, and to abide in you. So, so again, that thought of continue without fading or being lost. And so the question I wanted to ask this morning is, okay, we know that, that abiding in Jesus is to continue without fading, um, to be in the word, to be in prayer, and that as we live our lives, that um, we don't just react to situations, but... Um, our reactions are, are good and they're set um, in the word. So, so how, do we, 
So how do we abide in Jesus? Now that we know what that means and what, and what it is, uh, so that's what I wanted to turn to 1 John. And again, if you have your Bibles this morning, um, just turn them there with me to 1 John, and we'll read some of these verses together. Um, but again, if, if you're looking for a book to read, I know Ben mentioned Philemon, so I guess you can start there, but, but I would suggest 1 John. Uh, 1 John is such a great book. It's a practical book. Um, so the first, the first point of how we abide in Jesus and how do we know if we are is we are quick to confess sin to God and to others. And, this, and we see this in, uh, in chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. He said, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. <clears throat> And if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say we have not sinned, we, have make, we make him a liar, and, and his word is not in us. Um, so we know we're abiding in Jesus when we choose to confess sin. When we have realized that we've hurt a brother, or we maybe have, uh, you maybe have hurt your wife in a conversation, or your kids, um, we don't just sit and say, oh, well, it'll figure itself out. I don't have to apologize. It's not a big deal. It's not worth it, you know. Um, but we know that we have, have chosen to abide in Jesus when we choose to confess sin unto others. And not just to ourselves and, and to God. Because it's easy in our mind to say, God, I'm, I'm sorry and I'm broken over this. Um, but I've found it's, it's a whole other thing to go up to, uh, to your brother or to your wife and, and to apologize and to say, I'm sorry for what I said. Um, but, but God uses that. And God uses uh, our confession of sin to grow us and to grow us closer to each other, uh, to mend relationships, and to grow us closer to God. So, um, so that's the first thing that I kind of uh, thought about this morning was to, uh, is that we're quick to confess sin to God and to others. Um, the second thing is how do we abide in Jesus is we aim to imitate Jesus. <clears throat> so we see this in uh, chapter 2 in verse 9. It says, whoever says he is in the light. Um, nope, that's not the right one. It's not the right verse that I want to read. Uh, 2 verse 6, we'll start there. It says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And that's a bold statement. That, that John writes that if we say we want to abide in Jesus, then we must walk the same way in which he walked. Now, how do we do that? Like, how do we, how do we walk in such a way where, because Jesus was perfect, right? So how do we pursue that? And, and this is not saying that, that we are to be perfect, because we know that we can't. We are full of sin, and that's, um, I mean, walking in perfection is not attainable for us. But 
to walk in the same way in which he walked, we can only do that through the grace of God. We can't do that in our own strength. Um, so we cannot imitate Jesus, and I cannot choose to wake up this morning and say, I'm going to be like Jesus today. I can't and you can't because that's not within our heart because we're sinful. But because of the grace of God, uh, God's grace is the same thing that saved us, but it's also the same thing that brings us through and that teaches us how uh, to renounce ungodliness and to, uh, to live in obedience to him. So our goal must be to imitate Jesus and to be like him in all things, but knowing that it's through his grace and through his power, not through our own strength. And one example that I thought of, uh, so I, I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I won the World Series last year. Yes, didn't make it out of the NLDS this year, which was really depressing. So I thought we had the team to do it. But, uh, but growing up, man, I, I loved baseball and I loved playing it. And uh, my dad would always tell me that I knew that you loved it because uh, so every time we would turn on TBS and watch the Braves, you would grab a baseball bat and you'd sit there and you'd watch Chipper Jones and you'd imitate his swing. Then Andrew Jones would come up and you'd imitate his. And I would, like, I knew the whole batting order. A one through nine, I knew who it was and I knew if they were a switch hitter. I knew how they batted. I knew which way they threw. I mean, all that stuff. And it's the same thought that I imitated what I loved. I imitated what I loved. And it's the same thought here, that if we love Jesus and we say that we abide in him, that's gonna show in the way that we imitate him. So think of that this morning and, and let that kind of sink in, that if you say, yeah, I mean, I love Jesus, but your life doesn't quite show it, you need to kind of have a... Um, Take a moment to, to slow down and say, God, I've been saying that I have been abiding in you, but my life doesn't show that. Um, and so I would encourage you to, to think on that and to meditate on that. But we imitate that which we love. So, um, so my prayer for us this morning is that we would not only love Jesus with our speech and with our mouth, we would love him with our actions and all that we do. Um, so... Another way that we, that we know we abide in Jesus is that we have a deep love for others. Um, and we see this in chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. It says, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. But whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And so if we say that we abide in Jesus, our, our love for others will be apparent and it will be deep. Um, and this reveals itself through sacrifice, right? I mean, if we say that we love each other, then that shows the way that we serve each other and that we sacrifice for each other. In 1 John 3.16, <clears throat> it says this, um, it says, by this we know love, that he, being Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So this same thought of abiding in Jesus and imitating Jesus shows up in the way that Jesus loved us, so we ought to love each other. And this isn't just a, you know, uh, 
the words that we say, but again, the actions that we take to show that we love one another and that we're willing to sacrifice for one another. And this, this true love, this deep love, it, it breaks through inconvenience. And I know a lot of us are busy and, you know, have things to do during the day. Um, and sometimes, you know, a serving others can be an inconvenience, right? Um, but it's breaking out of that inconvenience and, and, and saying, hey, I know that this might throw my day off today, but I'm going to choose to serve you and to love you today because I want to, to abide in Jesus and I want to be satisfied by him. And a part of that is, is laying down our life for each other. Um, you know, one thing that I kind of thought of was, so uh, my wife's uh, grandmother lives with us, um, and we are about 90% sure that she is uh, just starting to suffer like onset of Alzheimer's. Um, so it's been, it's been so good um, for, for her to live with us and to kind of spend these last few months um, with her. And we hope we have many more months to come to live with her. But um, it's, it's something to think about, you know, for me personally, that um, there's a lot of inconveniences throughout the day. Um, or when we come home from work, there's a lot of little things with taking care of her and with serving her. But we want to do that well. And I want to do that well. Um, and... But something I have to be careful of is, is being, you know, inconvenienced and allowing that to, you know, to maybe kind of throw my day off, maybe put me in a bad mood, things like that. But, um, but to choose to love her in such a way that shows the love of Christ. And even though she may not be able to love in return, I mean, God calls us to love um, sacrificially and, uh, and to love even when it's inconvenient and when it's hard. Um, so the last point that I wanted to talk about um, is that when we abide in Jesus, uh, we cannot dwell in a pattern of sin, but we practice righteousness. So we see this in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Um, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the, the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Uh, and this is a hard one. This is a hard one. <clears throat> it's easy to, um, you know, to be entrapped in sin, and indwelling sin, but God calls us, um, and God says, if you want to abide in me, um, the pattern of your life cannot be uh, stuck in sin. I mean, I mean, look back to the, uh, to the text here, it says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world, and God calls us to be apart from the world, to be in the world, like we just talked about, to serve each other and to love each other well, but to not love the things of the world because those things distract us from making Jesus known and they distract us from, uh, from drawing us closer to Jesus and, and from being satisfied in him. 
Um, so may we, may, may we not be stuck in a pattern of sin, but practice righteousness. And again, I want to hit this again because this is so important. Because um, when, we, when we say this and, and think about, I don't want to live in a pattern of sin, but live in righteousness, the automatic response is to kind of pull your boots up, you know, and to say, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to practice righteousness and I'm going to try hard. I'm going to be better because that's the manly thing to do, right? Just to be better and to work harder. But that's not what God calls us to do. He calls us to abide in him and he calls us to lean on him and to lean on his grace. And because so if you got your Bible, I want you to turn to uh, Titus. Um, chapter 2, and it says this in verse 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, and training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, and waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this same grace that appeared bringing salvation to us is the exact same grace that we lean on to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live upright and godly lives. And we live in anticipation of the coming of Jesus. And that's the fuel that keeps us going, right? That as we lean on God's grace for today, we have bright hope for tomorrow because we know that Jesus is coming back again. And that's what we look forward to. So I know that it, is, it can be hard um, to live day by day and moment by moment. But my prayer for you, my prayer for me, my prayer for my family, for our church, is that we would choose to abide in Jesus, that we would be quick to confess sin, uh, to God and to others. We would aim to imitate him. We would have a, a deep love for others and that we wouldn't dwell in a pattern of sin, but that we would choose to practice righteousness. And again, this is all through God's grace, not through your strength, not through mine, but it's through his grace. And as we look forward to the day when we spend eternity with him, that's what keeps us going. And that's what keeps us motivated. That's what, uh, that's what gives us the energy to share the gospel um, to make him known, um, to live through hard days. And uh, so uh, that's my prayer for us this morning, is that we would do that and we would do that well. And uh, yeah, that's all I got this morning. So thank you. Yeah.